Hello, hello, and welcome back to this week's podcast episode. I'm your host, Elena Stoddard, and as always, I want to start this week's episode off by just asking you, how are you doing? How has the day been going? I have no idea when you're listening to this episode, but whether you're like walking around on transportation, maybe you're in a train, a car, you're walking to class or work, or maybe you're just lying in your bed. Well, I hope that you are having a great day and I just wanna thank you for clicking on this episode and tuning in. I wanna start this week's episode off by asking you one simple question. Have you ever let your emotions get the best of you? I mean, I'm no rocket scientist, genius, fortune teller, but I have a hunch that you answered yes. And if you haven't answered yes, um, I would just like to call you out and say probably at some point in your, I don't know how old you are, but many years of existing, you've probably let your emotions get the best of you at some point or another. And, you know, looking in at emotions and how we cope with them and how we react to certain situations in life has been something that has kind of been on my mind lately. And it was brought up through a couple of things throughout my life that just happened recently that I kind of wanted to share with you. The first thing that I think is really interesting is one of my really good friends. I don't know if she wants her name said in this. She actually has a podcast episode out. She and I were talking about how low-key stressed we are this semester. There are quite a few things happening in our lives that just aren't too great. You know, some mini crises that we got to do damage control on. And she is the type of person who is so chill. Like, if you had to pick one adjective to describe her, the adjective would be chill. Like, I've never seen this woman truly yell, yell. I've never seen her, like, jumping, bouncing off the walls, excited. I've never seen her, like, tantrum, crying, screaming, which I think is really interesting because I am the absolute opposite of her. People would not call me chill. (laughs) I think people would call me very expressive, loud, maybe even emotional. Emotional without the negative connotations, hopefully, that goes along with it. And I was asking her, I was like, like, hey, yo, like, how, how are you so chill? Like, definitely, I know that you're feeling emotions and like, like I said, tough things are happening right now, but how are you not like bawling or stomping your feet angry or even just speaking with like lots of rah in your voice, you know? And at first her response was like, you know, I don't actually know why I don't have a crazy display of emotions, but maybe it has to do with my emotional regulation and or, of course, the way I was raised, because everything can be tied back to your childhood. Literally everything goes back to the way you were raised and what you did as a kid. And we were talking more, and she is someone who was raised as the oldest daughter in an immigrant household, and, you know, nothing against that, but With that environment, a lot of the times, you know, she had a lot of responsibility on her and perhaps, like, especially with a lot of immigrants, 
I'm not trying to make a generalization. I'm just saying this from my own personal experience and what I hear from my friends that a lot of immigrant parents are kind of along the lines of like, hey, like, we can't be making a scene, okay? Like, we got to behave, we got to fit in, we got to like not not stand out too much. And also, it could also be her ethnicity as well because she is part Asian. So that could be another part of it because a lot of Asian cultures more lean towards kind of like keeping in your feelings and not being too expressive out loud to other people, but instead channeling that expressivity somewhere else. And so that's what we kind of came to the conclusion of. And then we kind of got on this tangent of how she heard that there was this study done and it was looking at people who either bottled up their feelings or instead expressed them outwards. So let's say that we have two employees, okay? Employee A and employee B. And let's just say that the boss has just yelled at both of them for making a mistake, except this mistake was something that was out of A and B's control, okay? It's like someone yelling at you and being like, hey you, why the friggle fork is it raining? How dare you do that? I am so mad at you, and I am your boss. Rah, 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 like I'm so mad at you. And then you're sitting there, you're like, bro, I literally can't control if it rains or not. You know, so imagine A and B, employees, A and B, are literally being yelled at something that's out of their control, and it's something that they don't feel rightfully so that they should be held accountable for. And let's say employee A is someone who was raised with more Western standards. Maybe they were raised in the United States. They had very expressive parents that encouraged them speaking out, you know, feeling their feels out loud. And so perhaps employee A might yell back and be like, hey, listen, boss, this work mistake was not my fault. Okay, listen, blah, 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 you know, and kind of pops off. And, you know, popping off at your boss when you're kind of mad, that's, that's never a good combination for a good thing to happen. But whereas employee B was raised in, let's say, a more collectivist society culture, aka that just means like putting the group needs over your own. So I assume if you're listening, you're from the United States, and we are not a collectivist society. We are an individualistic society, which also focuses on like expressing your emotions and not speaking. But if employee B is from a collectivist society, like let's say somewhere in Asia, they were probably taught, listen, if something's upsetting you, we can't just be screaming back at our boss or like, you know, flaring our arms and going, oh, we can't be doing that. And so instead, that person quietly nods their head. This is employee B. They quietly nod their head and they just go, okay, I understand. Won't happen again. And they have a very short, you know, emotionless answer. So after hearing this scenario of these two employees, who would you say has better emotional regulation? So is it employee A, someone who was able to speak their mind and even if it doesn't even if it wasn't done super properly, still expressed how they were feeling truly to their boss and you know got it out of their system? Or is it person B who has more emotional regulation because Although they might be kind of bottling things up and choosing to, you know, sweep the emotions under the rug, they're the ones who's coming across more calm and collected um, and probably more respectful to their boss because they're not yelling back. And that's the type of discussion that me and my friends had when we were talking about emotional regulation and just kind of 
how different societies, if you're individualistic or if you're collective, collective. Oh gosh, I'm losing the ability to speak. Okay, but you get my point. Or if you're more collective, like how that impacts how you react. And then she further said that in this scenario, if a person B, the employee B, the person who very you know very calm, didn't really react, kind of. Internalized and kept all those emotions into themselves. If those type of people who do that go home, let's say you know went home after work, and find another outlet for those emotions, it is pretty healthy. Like you are more likely not to experience symptoms of depression and anxiety later on in life. And so, it kind of brings back to the idea of that it's not good to bottle up your feelings and not say anything. But if you can do that, so you know you're not ending up like yelling at your boss or maybe your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever upset you, or even your parents, sister, who knows, upsets you, and you can keep it in, but instead channel that energy and emotion elsewhere, which is common in Asian countries, like into writing, poetry, art. It's actually like really good for you. <laughs> That's the end result that she was telling me about, and I thought that that was really, really interesting. And I just kind of wanted to share it on this week's episode. The second conversation that I had that kind of sparked this week's topic was with one of my teammates on the rugby team, and so I'm just gonna call this person Orange because once again, I don't know if they want their name said or not, but. Orange and I were sitting next to each other on a three to four hour car ride to Rhode Island. Yeah, this weekend I went to Rhode Island for a collegiate rugby tournament. It was pretty cool. It was snazzy, whatever you may be. And you know, when you're in the car ride with, you know, a bunch of other people, but I was sitting next to Orange, you know, you get to talking, and somehow we got into this very interesting conversation about kids. Because Orange has actually spent a lot of their summers working at a summer camp with kids, aged I'm pretty sure like four to literally like fourteen. You know, very a very big range of ages. And also, Orange is studying some form of psychology. Yes, I'm kind of a bad teammate because I'm not exactly sure a hundred percent what they're studying. I'm so sorry, Orange. I don't want to speak for you, but yeah. And I asked them. I was like, "Hey, like, what's the biggest thing that you've noticed since that's changed since you've been working with kids so long?" And Orange said that the campers, the kids they had, you know, maybe five, six years ago. Also, Orange is older than me. I think they're like twenty-two, something like that. So, you know, five, six years ago, when they were working as a teenager, they noticed that those kids had much better. Emotional regulation than the kids that they have nowadays. So this was really shocking to me, and I was like, "Wait, I'm kind of confused. Like, can you explain this to me more?" And what Orange said is that the kids that they have now, like you know, the kids that are kids in 2023, they have been growing up with technology. They have been growing up with the easiest access to iPads. iPhones, TV, the internet—they basically just have, you know, just easy access to it. And because of this easy access, it has kind of taught them, well, I should say, not taught them how to manage their emotions. Because if you are, I don't know, 
18 or up, when you were a kid, yes, technology was around, like, you know, you had little, like, gaming devices and stuff, but it wasn't as easy as, let's say, you were at a restaurant and as a kid you were throwing a fit. Your mom probably couldn't just hand you an iPad or an iPhone so that you'd shut up and stop causing a scene. But nowadays, kids, if a lot of parents, if their kid is causing a scene out in public or just in general, the parent will just like hand them an iPad or an iPhone and be like, here, like just go on the phone. And by doing this, yes, you stop the kid from, you know, bursting into tears and causing a scene. But at the same time, that kid is no longer sitting with the uncomfortable emotions. I'm sure maybe you might even catch yourself doing this doing this yourself these days like anytime I'm you know having a pretty midday and I'm not quite I'm not quite sad or angry but something just kind of feels off because that's normal as humans we're not always going to be bouncing off the wall happy I will just open my phone and just mindlessly scroll through social media like I'll just go on TikTok from walking from class to class because I'm feeling stressed about the day but I don't want to feel face or sit with those uncomfortable emotions so I just use my phone as like an emotional pacifier and Orange said that they noticed a lot more kids having that these days which I really think is not a good thing because when you're a kid and you're upset you know I'm not saying like kids should be sitting there sulking crying feel bad for themselves but it's so important that you have that time even now as adults, like, I'm trying not to go on TikTok when I'm feeling down anymore. It's so important, I think, to have that time where you can just sit with yourself. And you can kind of exist feeling uncomfortable. And that is just something that Orange said kids are lacking these days. Yeah, dang technology. Giving people emotional pacifiers. When sometimes you just gotta cry it out and learn on your own how to cope with it. So yeah, I would say that those are two of the thought-provoking stories that I wanted to share with you. And to round this episode off, I want to talk about just a little bit how I've been trying to emotionally regulate myself better. Woo! Okay, because I kind of mentioned earlier how I've been emotionally pacifying myself with social media anytime I feel a little bit off. So in order to try and combat that issue, all I've been doing is literally just saying no screen time. If you're feeling awful, Anna, no screen time. Like, girl, you gotta do something else. You can go on a walk, you can work out, you can talk to a friend, journal, do some art, literally anything but go on social media. And so I think that is helping me be a little more aware of my uncomfortable emotions and kind of learning to sit with it. The second thing that I've been doing to try and keep myself calm and not act like employee A when something goes wrong in my life that, you know, upsets me, is I literally just take three, four, five deep breaths before responding. I feel like this is such elementary advice. It's something we're literally taught as kids, but I never did it as a kid. I never really tried. I just, it wasn't my strong suit. But now that I'm aware of it and I'm really trying to implement it into my life, I think it really has helped and really has made a difference in how I respond to people and bad situations. 
So to close this episode out, I really hope that you enjoyed listening. I hope some of it was interesting to you. And I just hope that you have a lovely rest of your day. I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Bye-bye.